Come on, let's give Jesus a big, 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 big praise. He is the reason that we're here. Amen. Thank God for Pastor Rick. Let's give him a great big hand clap. Always amazing. And we're so thankful that uh, we were in the presence of the Lord. And, you know, you can't tell the Holy Spirit where to stick himself, right? He just, he sticks himself wherever he wants to stick himself. And you just can't miss those moments that God just graces us. Whether it's in the first song, third song, second song, prayer, message, benediction, wherever he decides to stick himself, you just have to be ready. Amen. So let's thank God for our awesome praise and worship team. Amen. Who leads us into the presence of the Lord, which is so important. Because I don't know about you, I don't want to be in a dead, dry church. Amen. That just comes, sing hymn 505 and go home. I mean, that's, I, I just can't roll like that, all right? And that's how you roll. This definitely is not that kind of place. Amen. We want to be in the presence of the Lord. Amen. I don't know what people, I don't know what all the quiet people are going to do when they get to heaven. Because I'm pretty positive heaven is not quiet. You know, any time I saw a description of, of heaven in the Ezekiel anywhere, there was always, the Bible says angels are going back and forth crying, holy, holy. And I believe they go back and forth so noise can fill the heavens. So there's no quiet room in heaven. Amen. There's, there's only holy all day, back and forth. The angels are going back and forth crying, holy, holy. So could you imagine that in heaven, they're all day, they're just holy. And it takes an eternity for you to even get a portion of the revelation of who God is. I mean, think about that. If you, a uh, hundred years in heaven, you only probably only be scratching the surface of his greatness. But it'll take an eternity for you to get a revelation of really who he is. So I'm so glad I'm going to be there forever. <laughs> it's going to take that long for us to get a revelation of who he is. Amen. Amen. So we're so grateful today. Thank God for all the wonderful mothers. Hey, let's give the mothers a great big hand clap. Come on, it's. Amazing. I gave my wife a card today that says, I would love to step in your shoes today, but it is utterly impossible. Can't do it. Won't even try. And so we were sitting there laughing at that video because when I come home at a long day, yeah, that's about right. That about sums up the whole life. You know, so when I tell people that my, my wife is at home with, with our three boys and she homeschools them in addition to everything else that she does, with the ministry and everything else and takes care, help take care of my grandmother. And I said, um, they said, well, wouldn't you rather? I said, I wouldn't trade places with her in a million years. I'll take all the stress I have with pleasure. <laughs> Not in a million years because it's a tough job. Amen. But we thank God for uh, the mothers and, and motherhood. It's just an amazing thing. And so I just want to take a moment today and I want to talk to the mothers. Is that all right? All right. The women are like, yes, talk to us. Yes. So all, all the fathers, you just have to come on and flow with me today, all right? And all the aunties and so forth flow with me today because I want to minister to the mothers. I just feel the need in my heart to, to speak a word of encouragement, uh, to keep pressing on because many of us uh, as family members and especially there's something special about motherhood in the Bible. Uh, and when something great was happening, I mean, Jesus had a special relationship with his mother. That was just amazing. And I want to read that scripture as well in a minute. But uh, I want to minister to the mothers today. So we're going we're gonna to jump into that uh, and look and see. Let me just cut. I, I can still do it from here, right? 
Okay, awesome. Just let me do this. So I hope you got your Bibles today. Amen. Now, also, I, I want to uh, make a quick announcement. Just let me uh, pull this up real quick. Uh, I'm going to get you out so you can go spend the rest of the day with your mother and your family. Today's your day to be spoiled. Amen, mothers? Pray. Oh, look, that was a strong amen. Amen. Wow. We went into the, the, the store to get my wife a card, so all the boys are picking out their card, and they had this great card um, that had a button that said, today is mom's day off. And Uriah says, no way am I getting that card. <laughs> I was like, why not? Who's going to cook? What are we going to eat? It's like I'm non-existent. I'm just, I'm just here. Because if I had to cook, it will be a bowl of cereal. And for lunch, it will be peanut butter and jelly. And for dinner, ramen noodles. That's the life of a dad who does not cook. So, um, but 2017, I'm going to make that part of my goal to learn to cook. Yeah. So my wife was like, yeah, 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 sure, sure. So when I proposed to her, I proposed to her over dinner, right? So and she just thought I was a master chef after that. It worked. I mean, just I had never cooked before. It took the whole day to cook that one meal. And, you know, I, I fixed it up really nice. It was amazing, candlelight and everything. I proposed to her. And I think that was probably the last meal I ever cooked. <laughs> so uh, I want everybody to keep me in prayer because I need a lot of help, a lot of help. You know, a person that likes to eat but doesn't like to cook, that's the problem there, right? So, um, I don't know, I'm going to work that out, though, I promise you. We're going to work that out. All right, so, <laughs> um, so next week, I, I, I want to, um, the, the scripture, and he himself gave some to be apostles, prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors, and some teachers. The Bible says, for the equipping of the saints of the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Verse, 12, verse 13, till we all come to the unity of the faith, of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. So this scripture right here in Ephesians, which I really, I really like the scripture in chapter 4, verse 11, talks about the different gifts that God placed in the body of Christ. Uh, and RCC is going on, uh, celebrating its third year. And, uh, yeah, three years in. And, uh, man, what a ride. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to leave. Tomorrow's back there laughing because he knows. Boy, what a ride. You know, you get on a roller coaster, you think it's a baby roller coaster, and it's a big boy's roller coaster. Right? So I got on a big boy's roller coaster. I thought I was on a baby roller coaster. Man. So many dips I didn't see coming. <laughs> Those dips just kept on going. They just like, wow, I didn't see that corner coming at all. Brother Ben, that dip just caught, you know, just took my breath away. But, all right, I'm venting. Lord, help me. I'm sorry. Okay. God's like, bring it in, brother. Bring it in. <laughs> bring it in. Uh, but uh, next week, uh, I mean, we've had a lot of awesome internal. Uh, Pastor Rick has taught. Mama Bev has taught. Uh, um, uh, Reverend Tomar has taught, and we've had some phenomenal in-house people. But next week, um, a person that I've known for a long time, Pastor Mark Vereen, is going to be teaching on next week. Uh, and he walks in a heavy prophetic gift as well. So uh, I told you this year, I want to be able to expose you to the different gifts of the body of Christ, to the different gifts of the body of Christ. And that's why it's so awesome because you know, anybody that thinks they can do everything is, is crazy, right? 
but God puts different gifts. You know, I was back there this morning, and, and, and Big Mike was like, you know, I'm not going to be here one of these days. On the 4th, I need you to learn this. I said, Mike, I can't add anything else to my plate. I said, Uriah, come watch Big Mike. I said, I can't. I am one person. I can't add anything else. I can't learn another thing right now. I'm just trying to do my part. So, so, so and one thing as a pastor, I think being a successful pastor is to know the power of the body. The power of the body. And so um, we have been in fellowship for, I don't know, probably 15 years approximately. Uh, I've known him from my grandfather's days. And um, he has a, a wonderful church in Virginia. And I'm very picky. As you know, it took three years to get even one person. I'm very, very picky on who I allow to speak into your spirits because I'm responsible for that. Amen? Very, 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 very careful. So I can't tell you how many people are like, when are you going to? Never going to invite you. <laughs> I get inboxed all the time about people wanting to come to RCC to preach. And I'm like, delete, right? Because I'm very, very, very careful about who you're exposed to. Amen? Because I, I want you to eat good. Amen? I want to make sure, you know, that that's the case. So he's going to come next week. He's going to bless us. Um, and I think he's been pastoring for about that same time. We, we just got married when he started his church. And so uh, he's going to be a blessing. So I'm asking everyone... To make sure that you're here next week, it's going to be a blessing to you. Uh, he's a powerful teacher and definitely operates in the prophetic, and he's going to be a blessing to you, God's willing. Amen? Amen. So make sure you're here. Look at, look, look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, be on time. Oh, Lord, Jesus. Be on time. God is a God of time. Amen. All right, so now I ate up 10 minutes. So let's, I, got, I, got, I got 15 minutes left to jump into this. Let's look at this. I, I want to jump into it. We're going to look at a couple of scriptures today, and I want to talk about the uh, five powerful mothers in the Bible. Five powerful mothers in the Bible. And I'm going to look at this. And I'm not going to look at it from the perspective of, you know, oh, we know all the women in the Bible. You know, you think you know. But I want to look at some people that maybe don't get the popularity that they should get for what they accomplish in the Bible as a mother. When I think about uh, not just my own mother and my grandmother, and I look at the example that my wife is as far as being a mother and the different mothers that God has brought into my life to impart. Uh, men, we're great, but man, thank God for the women of the church. I tell you, just if, if we took all the women out, it'd just be me, Mike, and Rob, and brother, <laughs> just a handful of us guys would be sitting here, and we, and you know, the women are the ones that make the noise and their worship and all. You know, so I tell you, I thank God for the women. Thank God for the women, Sister Gail. Thank God. I thank God for y'all because uh, you, you make a difference. Amen? And all through the Bible, even though the, that we see that there were, uh, it, was, it feels male dominant in the Bible, but, man, there are some powerful women who did some powerful things in the Bible. And let's look at uh, number one. I, I just have scriptures today, so I don't have my normal PowerPoint, my, my computer was really acting up. So uh, let's look at, where do I want to start first? Sarah, look at Sarah. Let's talk about Sarah. Number one, I want you to write Sarah, the mother of waiting. The mother of waiting. The mother of waiting. Man, what, what, Sarah is a, a great example of somebody who waited. The Bible says in Genesis 21, 1 through 3, I'm not sure why there's double there, but uh, and the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. 
Verse number two, for Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his, own, in his old age and at the set time of which God had spoken. Verse number three, and Abraham called the name of his son his, uh, who was born to him, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac. And I like how they kind of identified this is the one who Sarah had bore to him. And, and Sarah, uh, when I begin to look at the different mothers, I put Sarah first because, man, there's, there's no one that has more patience than a mother. I mean, I mean, mothers, your patience is amazing. You know, uh, uh, and, and I think about as a father, my lack of patience. Uh, my wife has unbelievable patience with the kids, you know. Uh, by the time Noah gets on that third cry, I'm ready to pick him up and, whoop, you know, get out of here, you know. Ray just has, Andre, just, he's tired. I'm like, I don't care if he's tired. You know, when we talk about women and having the ability to be patient and to wait, uh, Sarah, I mean, I mean, goodness, God gave her a word in her 90s. Uh, uh, Abraham was 100 or something years old, and they get a word that they're about to have a baby. I mean, Sarah's like, God, are you serious? Like, my baby days, my, my, my womb is closed, it's done, it's finished, it's not going to happen. The Bible said that Sarah actually laughed, laughed at the prophecy, laughed at the word. But there came a point, I really believe in my heart, that Sarah connected with that word. She connected with that word. And the Bible says she, she saw Abraham, who really wanted this word to come to pass. I mean, she even gave Abraham over to her main servant uh, and gave birth to Ishmael, uh, which started a whole different uh, thing in the Bible. Uh, we're going to that on another day. But that started a whole other issue. But here it is. God said, that's, that's, that's not who I promised. I promised, Sarah, that out of your womb, great things will come. I promise that kings and nations shall come out of you, Sarah. Are you hearing me here, somebody? Sarah is an example of a woman who knew how to wait on God. And sometimes you just got to get into that place where you are waiting on God. You can't rush God. Come on. You can't make it happen. Have you ever been in a situation where you tried to make it happen and you could not make it happen? I mean, every door is, it's, it's like, cemented clothes, and God's saying, you're not, nothing's going to move until I'm ready for it to move. Are you hearing me? But God is always in the waiting. Somebody say he's in the waiting. All right, number two, look at, let's look at Exodus. Jochebed, J-O-C-H-E-B-E-D, Jochebed. Y'all think, who is that? Jochebed, J-O-C-H-E-B-E-D. That actually is the mother of Moses, the mother of Moses, right? And the mother of Moses is known, the mother that would not let what God gave her die. The mother that would not let what God gave her die. The mother that would not let what God gave her die. And this is amazing because when we look at uh, uh, the faith that a mother has. It's amazing. When you look at the faith that a mother possesses, it's amazing. There was a decree that went out to all the land to kill all the male children. But this one mother refused to let die what God gave her. And there's some of you that are mothers that are out here sitting here today, and you're sitting there, you're saying, man, I'm believing God for the salvation of my family. I'm believing God. If God gave you that, don't let the enemy kill what God gave you. God, through your faith, has the ability to save your whole entire family. 
Come on, you got to believe that. He has the ability to save your whole entire family. I, I look at uh, Chris and Brother Ben when they first came by themselves. Their whole family is taking up a role. Come on, what a, I mean, what a blessing. What a blessing. Come on, you, you have the ability to believe God for your whole entire family. It says in verse number three, but when she could no longer hide him. Man, there's some things that you can no longer hide. You can't hide what you believe in God for. Sometimes God doesn't want you to hide it anymore. He wants everybody to know what you believe in God for. And sometimes the enemy tells you to hide it so you won't feel embarrassed if it don't happen. Oh, I'm almost done. My time is almost gone. Huh, huh? But, but every now and then God says, come on, put your faith out there. I dare you to tell somebody what you believe in me for. I dare you to be bold and let everybody know you believe in me to save your whole family or give you a new home or heal your body. Sometimes God says, don't stop hiding what I'm giving you to believe for. Stop trying to tuck it away just in case it doesn't happen. Man, I'm bold about what I believe God for. When I told everybody we were coming to Philly, I couldn't keep that a secret. <laughs> everybody had to know we were coming to Philly. Right? Why? Because you, you, you got to put, put God out there. I said, God, it ain't me. It's you. God said, put me out there. She could no longer hide him. She took an ark of, of, of bulrushes for him. Uh, dab the back. Oh, that, I'm reading doubles there. Dope the bed, it with asphalt and pitch, but the child in it and laid it in the reeds by the river bank. So she built a, a, a little, uh, a, a little, I'm going to say a little manger thing, a, a little bassinet. And she put the baby in the bassinet, you know the story, and pushed him over across the sea because of the fact that what? She could no longer hide him. He was getting too big to hide. The, the king wanted to kill all the male children because he had heard that, what, that the Messiah may be coming through that. Now, when you really get into Bible prophecy, the pharaohs were always nervous because they kept hearing the prophets talking about the king was coming, the king was coming, the king was coming. And they would put these crazy decrees out every now and then to kill the male children to make sure that no one can take the, their place. But they didn't realize that this king was bigger than they could ever have the possibility to be. Come on, are you understanding me here, somebody? The Bible says in the next verse, verse 4, and his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. Now here it is, gets pushed over. The sister Miriam is there, and, and she's the one that's working for the king, and, and, and the king's daughter sees the baby and then turns around and gives the baby to the mother to take care of. Now you talk about a miracle. That's a miracle of a miracle. She has the baby. She hides the baby because she didn't want to kill what God had given her. And then God makes it where she can take care of her own baby. I mean, the daughter should have got that baby out the river and obeyed the, obeyed the command of her father. But guess what? When God gives you something, no one can kill it. Come on. So many of you, your mother, you believe in God for your family. You believe in God for change. You believe in God for your spouses. You believe in God for something different. I want to encourage you today to be like this woman, be like Moses' mother, the mother that would not let die what God gave her. Wouldn't let it die. Get that stubborn faith. Get that faith that's like a bulldog. It won't let go. Number three, Hannah. I love Hannah in the Bible. Hannah is the mother who kept her promise. The mother who kept her promise. 1 Samuel, chapter 1, verse 5 through 6. 
I'm almost there. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. Verse number six, and her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. The Bible says that, and, and this, is, this is something because uh, her husband had another wife and she was able to give birth, but Hannah's womb was closed, didn't have the ability to give birth, and she wanted a child, and he kept having babies with his other wife. And Hannah's sitting there like, Lord, what's going on? You love me. I'm favored, but my womb is closed. Man, have you ever been in a situation where you know that God's favored you, but everything around you don't look like favor? <laughs> I mean, come on, come on. I mean, this is for everybody. Have you ever been in a situation where you know the word says you're favored, but when I look at my results, I'm not feeling real favored right now, God. I mean, I've, I've had those conversations with God, like, God, I know you say I'm blessed, but I'm just keeping it real. I'm not feeling real blessed today. You know, I, I feel like there's something going on right about now, right? Uh, and here is Hannah. She's blessed. She's favored. But watch this. The results don't show it. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 8. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Now, this is a typical guy's response. Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? I mean, she should have just drop-kicked him. I mean, who says that to their wife? Right? While he's over there having all these kids with his other wife, he looks at the one that's beautiful that he loves and her womb is closed and says, what are you upset about? Am I not more than enough? No! You're not more than enough. Obviously, I'm asking for more kids. I mean, who says that? What kind of response is that? Am I not better to you than ten sons? I mean, when you read on, Hannah doesn't even answer him. Like, what kind of question is that? Why? Because God had put in her heart, sometimes God will put in your heart what seems like an impossible situation. He puts this, this seed in your heart, and then sometimes he closes the door to your strength. He puts the seed in your heart, and then he closed the door to your strength. So the only person that you can rely on is him. Wow. God is great at doing that. <laughs> I mean, he's great at giving you vision and then taking your strength and say, you can't do this in your own strength. You have to do this only in my strength. You can't rely on your own resources. You don't have the resources large enough to make this happen. You have to rely on my resources. Verse number 20 says, so it came to pass that in the process of time that Hannah, she conceived. And she bore a son and called his name Samuel, saying, because I have asked for him from the Lord. God had favored her. Why? Because she stood in faith and she kept her promise. She said, God, if you give him to me, I'll give him back to you. If you bless me, I'm going to make sure I give him back to you to be a blessing to you. Hannah kept her promise. And because God could depend on her promise, he opened up her womb. It's nothing like a vow that's made by a mother. When a mother touches the heart of God, a godly mother. Are you hearing me? I, and I tell you all the time, I remember as a little boy, because my grandmother raised, uh, did the majority raising on me in my younger years, and I remember waking up 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, hearing my grandmother pray. You have no idea what an impression that left on me, to hear her pray. 
That's where I learned how to pray. The power of a mother. Gosh. The power of a mother. Uh, number four, Lois. Lois, L-O-I-S, Lois. The mother who transferred faith. The mother who transferred faith. And Lois is Timothy's mother. See, we never hear about Timothy's mother, right? I, I give y'all a name, you're going to go home and study today. Y'all can go home and look this stuff up. Uh, uh, <laughs> Timothy's mother was a powerful mother. And, and, and I'm going to show you how, because I thought about myself when I, when I looked at the scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, and I'm almost there. And he says, this is what Paul is writing to Timothy. He's writing a wonderful letter about Timothy. He says, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, Timothy, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and then your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. He says there's a faith that's in your lineage that I know because you were around the conversation, it got transferred to you. Oh, come on here, somebody. I mean, I mean it, it, it's profound to be in an atmosphere where people are talking faith. I remember as a little boy, I, I would hear my grandparents talk about the, 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 the miracle-working power of God and how God can heal and deliver. And I remember hearing my parents talk about how God heals and delivers. And today, I make sure my kids hear us talk about how faithful God is and how great God is. Why? Because faith can be transferred. Faith cometh by hearing, the Bible says. It comes by hearing. Stop complaining around your household. Stop complaining around your family about what you don't have. But talk about the goodness of Jesus. He said, listen, the faith was in you. It was in your grandmother. It's in your mama, your mama's mama's mama. I mean, he just went on. He says, and Timothy, I know that that faith is also in you. Because you can't hang around it and it not jump inside of you. You can't hang around power and not become power. Come on. You can't hang around righteousness and not become righteous. You can't hang around love and still be filled with hate. All right, I got, I, got no, I got no amen. Okay, look at this. Verse number 15. And that from a childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. How did he know the scriptures from a child? Because his mother taught him the word. His mother taught him the word. The power of a mother. I, don't, I didn't read nothing about no daddies doing that stuff. I, I was looking in the Bible, nothing. I mean, man, we just need help. Just need help. And I remember one day Ray was talking to the kids, and she was like, oh, explain to him this Bible story. I'm trying to explain. She says, you're going too deep. I don't know how to simplify nothing. I'm sorry. Y'all know, know how I teach. I got to go all the way there. I got to break down the Greek. And the, and the, kid, and the boys look at me like this. Like. So finally Ray steps in, and she has to break it down. I just didn't have it. I just didn't know how to do it. And I just went on and finished with it. I, I just excused myself from the room and just went on and says, and I said to myself, that didn't really go well, did it? It just, that, that didn't go well at all, Renee. Just backfired, just kind of backfired, right? Why? Because there's something about the heart of a mother that has the ability 
to reach the heart of their children. Something about it. The last one, number five, and I'm done, is a Shudamite woman. All right. <laughs> mm. The Shudamite woman. The mother who wouldn't take no for an answer. The Shudamite woman is the mother who would not take no for an answer. She just wouldn't take no for an answer. Uh, and, and when you look at this in the book of 2 Kings, chapter 4, verse number 30, if you understand that there was, the prophet was constantly going by in town and he was kept going by this woman's house and God had put a burden on the prophet's heart and said, listen, uh, on, on the woman's heart and said, this prophet has nowhere to stay every time he comes to town. Let's, let's build an extension to our home so that when he comes to town, he can stay. I mean, that's a real, see, they, they, they don't do that no more in the church. That's old church stuff. Now I was like, God bless you, pastor. God bless you, prophet. You know, no, nobody, nobody. I always tease y'all about the day I walk, we first started, I'm walking out with all the bags and everybody, God bless you, pastor. I'm walking in. Nobody came and got a bag and said, you need help, pastor. And then finally, Sister B got the revelation and she helped me. But, you know, I'm just saying, that's old, that's old, old time school where, where you would be on the road and you would stay at people's houses and not in the Sheraton. You know, it was, you know, you didn't stay in the Hilton Hotel back then. You know, when you would evangelize, you would stay at somebody. Now, it's like, I ain't staying at nobody's house. <laughs> I don't know what kind of spirit you got. You know, we go all deep, you know. I don't know what's in your house. I don't know what's in your house. Like, we don't do that stuff no more. Now it's like, no, I need, I need, the, I need the king suite in this Sheraton. Right? So watch this. Uh, man, I'm almost, man, come on, stop. You're making me my time. So watch this. He's, he, the prophet's always going by, and she says, you know what? She got a burden in her heart. Not, not her husband was there, but he didn't get the burden. She got the burden. And she turns to her husband and says, we ought to do something. We see the prophet going in and out of town, has nowhere to lay his head. Let's build an extension on our house. I mean, think about that. I mean, we're going to do construction on our house so that when the prophet's in town, he has a place to lay his head. I mean, that's huge. In today's term, that's huge. So back then, it was mega. Right? So they build it. After she does that, she serves the man of God. And this is the last point. She serves the man of God, and he turns to her and says, what can I do for you? Watch this, because she sold into his life what she had, he turns and souls into her life what he has the ability to do. Come on. She was able to sow a room, but his gift was able to sow something into her life. She says, well, I always wanted a child. He prays. I mean, that's not a hard request for a man of God. I've been in services. Two people got pregnant. I mean, not, well. Not a, it's not a concert, y'all. Come on, cal calm yourself down. But I've been, in, I've been in two services, and this is the God that my wife could bear to this. There was a woman that came up to me about a year later and says, uh, uh, um, um, Prophet Jones, you know, I was, uh, uh, this, is, this is, you know what this, who this baby is? And I just got married. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm looking at this lady like, the devil is a liar, because I don't know who this lady is. I have never... She said, you don't know who this baby is? But then I get real deep. No, the <laughs> no, I don't know. She says, I got pregnant in your service. I'm like, what do you mean you got pregnant in my service? How is that possible? What do you mean? 
I just got married. Explain yourself. Explain yourself. And she says, I came to your service, and my husband and I have been trying to have kids for years and could not have kids. She said, but that day you prayed for women that were barren and wanted to have children. And she said, I felt, my wife said, she said I felt heat hit my stomach. And I felt something begin to happen. She says, uh, we, went, we went, and, you know, we kept trying to have a baby, and we conceived, and this is the product of being in the service where God healed my womb. I, I, are you understanding what I'm telling you here today? I'm not telling you something I think or read in a book. I'm telling you something that I've walked out. This word works. This woman said, I want to be pregnant. She got pregnant. But look what happened. Look what happened in the next verse. And the child grew. Now it happened one day that he went out with his father to the reapers. Now here, he's with his dad. Here we go. I mean, Jesus. I mean, what happened? With... <laughs> and he said to his father, my head, my head. So he said to the servant, carry him to his mother. <laughs> oh, that's great. Dad, my head hurts. Oh, go talk to your mother. Sounds like me, doesn't it? I know, I know. She's looking at me like, that's what you do, honey. My head hurts. I got a headache. Go see your mother. <laughs> Verse 20. When he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on, her knee, sat on her knees till noon, and then he died. What God gave her died. But she's the mother that wouldn't let die what God gave her. Come on. She wouldn't take no for an answer. She was, had that stubborn faith. The next verse says, in verse number 21, and she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door upon him and went out. Now, here it is. Elijah had a, a quarters there in her house. She took the child, put him on the bed that the prophet laid on, and look at what she does. Then she called to her husband and said, please send me out with one of the young men and one of the donkeys that I may run to the man of God and come back. Verse 23, so he said, why are you going to him today? It is neither the new moon nor the Sabbath. And she said, it is well. In other words, he's saying he's not going to be in the location that he should be as a prophet because of different holidays. How are you going to find him? She said, it ain't your business. How am I going to find the prophet? Come on, you got to see this. I, well, that's like somebody saying, well, let, let, let me go find Pastor Andre and get prayer. But it ain't Sunday. You don't know where he is on a Thursday. It ain't your problem. Let me worry about where he is on a Thursday. Come on, y'all got to get this. Only a mother can have this kind of stubborn faith. Ooh, man. Okay, look what happened. Then she saddled a donkey and said to her servant, drive and go forward. Do not slacken the pace for me unless I tell. I mean, she is on a mission. Pastor Rick, she has a mission. She's like, my son is dead. There's only one man that has the ability to pray and bring him back to life. And she's determined to locate the prophet. Watch this. And so she departed and went to the man of God, to Mount Carmel, which the Holy Spirit had to lead her there. How else would she know where he was at? The husband's saying, you're not going to know where to find this guy. So it was that when the man of God saw her after all, that he had sent his servant Gehazi, look, the Shudamite woman. The Bible says in verse 28 in chapter 4, so she said, did I ask a son, my Lord? Did I not say, do not deceive me? Now, she's going off right now. Then he said to, <laughs> to Gehazi, get yourself ready. 
and take my staff in your hand and be on your way. If you meet anyone, do not greet him. And if anyone greets you, do not answer him. But lay my staff on the face of the child. Now watch this. That sounds good. And the mother of the child said, as the Lord lives, as your soul lives, I'm not going to leave you. She said, that's all good, but I'm not leaving you until I know he's awake. Yeah, your servant can take my staff and go put it on the child's body. But let me tell you something. I'm not leaving you until I get confirmation, man, that what I believe in God for is not dead, it's alive. I mean, that's stubborn faith. The father, I don't know where he is. He just, he's somewhere else. I don't know. Last verse. Now, Gehazi went on ahead of them and laid the staff on the face of the child, but there was neither voice nor hearing. Therefore, he went back to meet him and told him, saying, the child, the child, did I jump? Okay. On my, on the face, hold on. And the mother and the child said that as I live, lives, I would not leave, I would not leave. So he arose and followed him, sorry. Uh, therefore, he went back to meet him and told him, saying, the child has not awakened. Verse 32, the last verse. When Elijah came into the house, there was the child lying dead on his bed. Did you see that? Here it is. The word got back. She said, now, Elijah, you have to come with me because I'm not leaving you until my child gets up. When you read verses down, you see what happens. He got up out of the bed, and the child was resurrected from the dead place. Because here was a mother who would not take no for an answer. Come on. There's something, as you close your Bibles, about a mother who was stubborn in prayer, stubborn believing God, stubborn knowing that God is in control. I want to encourage every mother that's believing God here today for something great to happen. You're praying and saying, God, I'm believing you for my family. I'm believing you for my son. I'm believing you for my daughter. I'm believing you for my nephew. I'm believing you for my niece. I'm believing you for my husband. Whatever you are believing God for, be like one of these women. Get that audacious faith. And don't give up believing God for your sons and your daughters. Don't stop believing God's going to do something great. Are you hearing me here? Have that faith. I mean, listen, these are five women that some of you never even heard of. So don't worry about trying to be famous. Your faith will make you famous. Your faith will make you great. Your faith will allow you to be someone that you never even thought possible. I want you to put your Bible down and jump to your feet real quickly. So today I ask all the mothers, are you the mother who has the patience to wait? Are you the mother who would not let die what God gave you? Are you like Hannah, the mother who kept the promise, God, if you do this, I promise you I'll do that. You know, we, like, we make promises in tough times, but when what we promise is born, sometimes we don't keep our word. But God kept her word to Anna because Anna kept her word to God. Are you going to be like Timothy's mother, the mother who transferred faith through conversation, through lifestyle? I want my kids to say, I don't know, well, I hope they say good things about me when <laughs> But I want my kids to definitely say, my father was a man of faith. My father had the ability to believe God for almost anything. My father had the ability to step out on nothing, trusting God would put something there. I used to hear my grandfather say that he has so much faith in God that if God told him to run through that wall, 
He had enough faith to believe that by the time he got there, there'll be a hole. <laughs> I mean, I don't have that kind of faith yet. Don't worry, I'm not going to do it. Some of y'all are like, let's see, are you ready? Come on, Pastor, you can do it. Right? Yeah, yeah exactly. But God said it. Right? I mean, that's faith. But those things stand out in my mind. Because what? The conversation of faith is transferable. Man. Let your children hear you talk about faith. Let them have that conversation. Or are you like the Shudamite woman, the mother who would not take no for an answer? You may say, well, I'm not a mother, but if you're a child of God, you can walk in any of these attributes. You can walk in any of these attributes. God asks us to be strong men and women of faith, to do great things for the kingdom. Some of us need to be like that Shudamite woman, but she held on to the prophet and said, I'm not letting go until I get a confirmation. Sometimes you got to not, I'm not getting off my knees until I get a confirmation. I'm not going to stop praying and fasting until I get a confirmation. Come on. I'm not going to stop coming to church and pressing until I get a confirmation. I'm not going to stop praising and worshiping God until I get a confirmation. I want you to close your eyes and just lift your hands. And I want to pray a special prayer for all the mothers today that is believing God for something great. And you're believing that God's going to do something phenomenal in your families. And once you know you're not by yourself, there's plenty of people in the Bible who had to stand in faith, believe God for loved ones, people dying, believe God to open their wounds. And life has those challenges, it's a part of living. But the difference between you and everybody else is that there are those that aren't saved that don't have the ability to deal with those kind of things. They're not equipped to deal with those. But when you are a Christian, you have the upper hand. You have the ability to deal with these kind of situations. Father, we thank you that every person that is here today, God, as our hands and hearts are raised towards you. We thank you, God, that you're doing something amazing and something awesome. I pray for every mother, God, that stands here in faith today, believing you for something, trusting you for something. There are those that are even spiritual mothers to spiritual children. God, I stand in faith with them today. God, that you said the fruit of their body is blessed. There's something special about the faith of a mother. Father, I thank you that no matter how rough it looks, no matter how tough it looks, I pray that their heart be not discouraged. I pray that they don't get tired of believing you. I pray that the spirit of discouragement will leave their space in the name of Jesus. And I pray today that as a result of being in this service, that their faith will be strengthened. 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 
I pray they will not leave here weak and weary, but I pray right now, let every weak hand say, I am strong. I pray right now, let every discouraged heart say, I'm encouraged. Let the spirit of joy begin to flood their souls. Let the spirit of peace begin to flood their souls, God. I thank you that they will experience no defeat, only victory. I pray for every mother that's here today, God, that has unsaved children. I pray right now that we snatch them into the kingdom of God. I touch and agree that you snatch them into the kingdom of God. I pray right now that you not only snatch them in, but that you fill them with your Holy Spirit. Deliver them, save them, God, for real, for real. We thank you that your word is true. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Thank you, God. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. We thank you that today we shall remember this date, that this is the day that the hand of God moved in our favor, that this is the day that the hand of God changed things in our lives, that this is the day. Let us not forget this day, this moment, this time when the heavens opened up over our life and favor was released and angels were dispatched and doors were open. Thank you, Jesus. 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 I need three people to believe today. Come on. Believe, believe, believe. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let them 